Good morning on this Thursday morning and welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We left off yesterday in our study in our devotional time talking about the name of Jesus as we've been studying the name of God. And in this case, we've taken the name of Jesus specifically and we were looking at the effects of which the strong man has against an individual's life and how certain things are built up whether it's through a lie or deception, and then we accept these things not only as belief systems in our life, but they wind up actually being strongholds. So our mind has to be defended, our mind has to be protected, our mind has to be shielded, and only the Word of God can do that as we wear the armor of God. It says in the book of Romans, and we were looking specifically at Romans chapter 7, verse 23, A couple of the different translations, it says, But I see another law in my members fighting against the law of my mind and captivating me in the law of sin that is in my members. But I see another law working in my body. That law makes war against the law that my mind accepts. That another law working in my body is the law of sin And that law makes me its prisoner. Another translation says, But I see a different law at work in my body, a law that fights against the law which my mind approves of. It makes me a prisoner of the law of sin which is at work in my body. However, I see a different standard at work throughout my body. It is at war with the standards of my mind sets and tries to take me captive to sin standards which exist throughout my body. Who is responsible for this? How is this taking place in our life? It's these undermining lies of the enemy that are accepted as truths in our life. And they become a basis for which our belief system in this then is set at, and our life becomes partly involved and evolved as part of what we have believed. Uh, If you were to take uh, socialism, uh, fascism, communism, all these isms are part of an ideology, a belief system, that was introduced and an individual accepted and bought into it, whether it's true or not. And then that thing becomes a part of those people's lives through a process. Look at what the scripture says in Second Corinthians, in chapter 4, verse number 4. It says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Notice, they believe not because their minds have basically been blinded. How is it that the mind can be blinded? It all begins with just a simple thought that is planted. That thought becomes an action in a person's life. That action can take the forms of habits and behaviors and those habits and behaviors then become a lifestyle in an individual. 
So it says, Whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. We had made mention yesterday that every voice on the planet is trying to find expression so that our ears can hear and our minds can be enticed. Adam and Eve were enticed, but only Eve was deceived as they heard what the serpent had to say to them. Then, of course, what the woman received, then she in turn passed it on to her husband, and he, through that one lie, then also believed a lie and became a servant and a slave to the very lie itself. Sin entered into the world because they rejected the voice, the original voice, which had spoken. It says this in the scripture, in 1 Corinthians fourteen seven onward, And even things without life, giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself? For battle, or likewise you, except ye utter by the tongues words easily to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. Now, at this point, he was talking, of course, speaking in tongues, but the point is the voices, the voice. Every voice wants to have expression. So there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, that's verse 10, and none of them is without signification. Every single one of them has a purpose. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, it shall be unto him that speaketh as a barbarian, and him that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Now, in the scripture, from the very beginning, God's voice is the very first thing that we begin to see. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And how did he do that? By speaking. When God spoke, things were created. It was the voice of God that was heard in emptiness and in nothingness. And then it became that which was not all of a sudden was. Because of the voice of him who spoke. God's voice is intended to be heard. It's not intended to just be spoken. We have to understand this. And there is competition on this planet from all the different voices that are speaking today. Whether it's the internet, whether it's the radio, whether it's the TV, whether it's a newspaper, whether it's a book. Everyone is competing for our attention. They want access to our mind so that eventually they can build up a stronghold. But it's not happening overnight. We build up a belief system. We begin to allow ourselves to care or not care about something. 
And then that thing begins to take a hold and a root in our lives. Let's look at the example of Adam and Eve. And let's look at the example of creation. It says in Genesis 1-3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Notice God spoke, the voice of God went forth, and light was created. It says in Genesis 2-16, And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Every tree of the garden thou may eat freely. Okay? That, that was the voice that was spoken. That was the voice that was heard. It says in verse 18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate for him. In verse 20, And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowls of the air, to every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found a helpmate. Notice, now Adam begins to express his voice. And his voice begins to use names. And those names, of course, are of all the creatures that God had created. God let Adam choose the name of those creatures. It says in verse 23, And Adam said concerning Eve, This is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Now, in Genesis chapter 3, in verse 1, as we continue following systematically from one chapter to the other, we begin to see a pattern to be outlined. Now, the serpent was more, <clears throat> was more subtle than any beast of the field. Remember, all the beasts of the field were named by Adam, which the Lord God had made. And he said, unto, now it's not God speaking. It's not man speaking, but now it's the serpent speaking. How did he speak? How did he have a voice that was introduced? How was he deceived by Satan to take on his thoughts and yield unto the, the prince of the power of the air and begin... To speak and say what he said. As it says in the scripture. Yea has God said. Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Here we're back to the voice again. The voice of the serpent says. Wait a minute. The voice of God spoke. Is this true? Is this what he said? And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. Notice, the thought is introduced into the hearing. The thought is introduced into the heart. The thought is introduced into the mind. And what was the end result? Both Adam and Eve believed what the serpent said. She was deceived. Adam was not. But notice the deception was through the voice that came. The voice that was spoken. The voice of something that had been named by the voice of Adam himself. Now consider this. In verse number 8 it says, And they heard the voice, Adam 
and Eve heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees in the garden. Now here's something interesting to consider. It says in verse number 9 and 10, And the Lord called unto Adam. The voice was saying, Adam, where art thou? The voice was calling for Adam. Where art thou? And it says in verse 10, And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Who told Adam that he was naked? Who deceived him? Who made him believe that he was naked? The Bible says that their eyes were open immediately after they had eaten of the fruit of the tree that was forbidden. And without realizing it, their mind, which had at one time had been pure, had been completely yielded to God, now all of a sudden has changed. It says in Genesis 3-7, The eyes of both were open, and they knew that they were naked. Where did they get this thought from? Where did it come from? God told Adam, the day that you eat thereof, you're going to die. He didn't tell him the day that you eat thereof, you're going to be naked. He told him you're going to die. So we see this thought is introduced that their eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. It says in verse number 11, And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Notice that. God is the one that... Where did that thought come from? That their eyes were open. Has thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou should not eat? You have to remember, God knows all things. But yet he asked this question. And if you'll join us tomorrow, on Friday morning, we will continue with this very thought. Where did this thought come from? Because the way this thought came is the way that thoughts are introduced into our hearts and into our minds to develop a belief system that is contrary to the voice of God. And that's why the name of Jesus is so important. To break the bondages that would want to deceive and take us captive. Remember, there's a war and a battle going on for our mind. And whoever wins that battle wins over our lives also. Until then, the Lord richly bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.